We begin our story, 12,000 metres in the sky. It's a story that involves satellites, special forces military, and the ability to track your every move from space. Global positioning satellite trackers were first used by the SAS. They were designed to help guide elite soldiers in life and death situations behind enemy lines. Iconic Liverpool manager Bill Shankly once said football is more important than life and death. But what started out as a survival tool for the military has now made its way into every aspect of modern day football. Next time you watch a game, look carefully. Most professional football players have a strange rectangular shaped bulge in the back of their shirt. That plastic rectangle, usually sitting on what looks like a sports bra, contains global positioning satellite technology. This measures such things as how far a player is running and even the direction they're running in. But the tech that predated and launches multi-millionaire sports technology industry that we see today was just a pencil, a notepad and some markers painted on hoardings beside the pitch. Everton FC's training ground in 1970 was the launch pad for the sports science industry that is now an integral part of our beautiful game. There is no doubt that... You know, whether you're Pep Guardiola, you know, whoever you are, you are making decisions based on information. It, it was creeping in at the senior clubs by the time I got back to Everton as manager in Manchester City. We probably hadn't seen anything like it in this country. It was totally revolutionary in, in the time. This is The Boot Room. In the current day, football tech is booming. And GPS trackers are at the heart of it. But what on earth are they in... How does it all work? Yeah, so, I mean, the fundamentals of the technology is up in the sky. Um, there's hundreds of different satellite systems. There's a whole bunch of different constellations of satellites. We spoke to William Strange, the CEO of SBT. SBT has built GPS tracking solutions designed to tackle outdoor sports. The GPS tracker they produce lets coaches and individuals easily understand speed, endurance, injury prevention and training loads. It was launched in 2015 and has grown out of the basement of his family home into a business selling into over 100 countries, 13 languages and nine different sports. The ability to have waves basically going in between and frequencies going in between um, those constellations and those systems mm-hmm. to take a longitude, a latitude point at any given time um, and also speed calculations and a bunch of others which then we mesh with um, accelerometer data, um, magnetometer data, gyroscope data, um, quaternion data to basically predict the movement, all that sort of stuff throughout a game. Well, you see, that's how it's going on in 2021. We're going to take you from satellites and sports bars to pen, paper and distant markers along the side of the pitch. In the English game, we take you to Belfield, a former training centre for Everton. In 1970, there was a perfect storm. The Everton manager at the time, Harry Catterick, his decisions changed football forever. We spoke to Patrick Boyland at The Athletic, who had delved deep into the story of how tracking and analysing players came about. Catterick was looking for a means of reducing the amount of injuries in the Everton squad. They'd won the title in 69-70, but the year after they'd slumped into mid-table, and he believed that was partly as a result of injuries. When he was approached by... Vaughan Lancaster, who was connected to the University of Liverpool Polytechnic, working in their sports science department. And Vaughan Lancaster had a meeting with John Moores where he'd outlined what he would like to do. And effectively, he was proposing a research project of three years worth about £13,000 
in order to assess professional footballers' capabilities, physical and also psychological. With the project put forward by Thomas, he assigned a research assistant, Tom Riley, a man from County Mayo in Ireland. These two men changed the course of English football. But how did they really do it? Those guys pitched up at Everton and they were just given unbelievable access for the time. So they would go to training sessions and film training sessions. Riley would go to games with his stopwatch and a pen and paper, and he'd be recording data from the games. It was not just purely physical. They were not just monitoring training sessions, introducing weightlifting in the gym to these Mm -hmm. players. It went far beyond that, and it was really innovative for its time. We probably hadn't seen anything like it in this country. This giant leap for football couldn't have started without the players buying into it. Riley and Thomas had to create a bond that could create a trusting relationship with them. Riley in particular developed a really close relationship with the players. Now, maybe maybe that's a bit curious because they would go away on pre-season tour in, I think it was 1972, the summer of 1972. They went away to Sweden and Riley strapped the players up and would then go into their rooms at three o'clock in the morning, turn on the lights and check their pulse rate. (laughs) So I could imagine initially there must have been quite a lot of scepticism about this. I'm I'm pretty sure some of the professional footballers today would not want you to be doing that. Joe Rule, a prolific Everton striker at the time, gave us his insight into what it was really like for the players experiencing this for the first time. I got on well with him as we all did. He was a nice fella. You know, he, he used to sit at the back of the coach on away trips and uh, and used to bring a quiz in, you know, with the lads enjoyed and that, you know. So, you know, apart from that, we, we could tell even when he was training with us, he was a very fit guy. Different reaction from different players in the team and, and uh, you know, some quite comical, you know, some when asked to even get weighed. I remember one player just, you know, stripped down to the nude and stood there, you know, as if... If, if asking if this was normal, you know, but of course it wasn't. It meant down to your shorts. You know, the, the youngsters were more receptive mm. than the, the elder players in, in the team, put it that way. It was quite revolutionary, you know, when you go into a gymnasium and you're asked to run as hard as you can for as long as you can across the gym, uh, touching the wall and going back and touching and, 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 you know, run yourself to exhaustion levels. And that's what they were testing for was exhaustion levels. And players cruised, as they probably did in, in games. Um, it, it was it was totally revolutionary in, in the time. Um, a fair play for, to Harry Catrick, the manager for seeing that and bringing them in. Thanks to these pioneers, Riley and Thomas, football on a whole has changed forever. Everton's then-manager, Harry Catterick, was the first of many managers to delve into the world of tracking all aspects of his players. We wanted to find out how managers use this information to give our favourite teams the advantage. Here's what William Strange and Joe Raw had to say on how this technology was used. There is no doubt that, you know, whether you're Pep Guardiola, you know, whoever you are, you are making decisions based on information now. Are you making it every time? And do you override that decision with your own gut feel, your own eye for, for talent? So, again, probably looking at a geographical area, you go to Germany, and they don't care. They're, you know, they're so set in their ways, but you look at also the average coaching age in Germany, and it's like 68. You move to England, and you're talking you know, mid-30s now. Um, you know, a couple of the older guys are gone, but 
so that that age of the technologists is coming around, and so mm-hmm. that's where I think this is finding its place. It was creeping in at the senior clubs. By the time I got back to Everton as manager at Manchester City, yes, there was a, a very basic analysis, but nothing like the the um, analysis that there is now. So, you know, football wasn't. <laughs> was now, how would I say, immune to the progress that was happening, it, you know, but there were different levels of acceptance, to say the least. There's two schools of thought on this, as to whether the manager would be um, run by the the scientific side in this team selection, or whether, yes, you know, the, the analysis would confirm what his eyes had seen. I mean, there's no way that... You know, I've ever known of a manager that had his team um, picked for the, the the weekend and then on the Friday had another look at the analysis and, and changed it on the base of that. I, I do truly believe that, you know, it is endlessly valuable when there's returning to play, lowering injury rates, keeping people out of the track because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're not on the pitch, you can't win a game. So, what does football rely on in the modern day? What's the next step for the ever-evolving game? And how will this side of the game advance? And what will it mean for the future? I certainly think it's changing um, to the point where, you know, there will be a team running the, the technology stack to understand the in-game information and in-training information. I do think that prediction and analytics go hand in hand. You know, the holy grail is, is making decisions based on information. You know, football might not, as always, might not have always been so overtly aware of sports science, but... I think it's caught up now, you know, and and sports science is here to stay. In 2018, the sports technology market was worth 8.9 billion. By 2024, the market will skyrocket to a worth of 31.1 billion. Yes, 31.1 billion. All because of two men, Dr. Vaughan Lancaster Thomas and Tom Riley. So, the idea of technology used in football has grown from a tiny training facility in Merseyside using simple pen and paper, to the entire world of football with the use of satellites orbiting our planet. Without that perfect storm in Everton all those years ago, we may have been witnessing a completely different game at this moment in time. With the great insights of our guests, we now know how technology is ever-evolving and definitely here to stay. Make sure you watch this space for more stories about behind the scenes of football 